0: you ever uh, wondered this on Tim, I got it on. Wondered why heaven or God is so great. You know I have, uh, you know, you can think about His majesty, his splendor, his love, and you know, a bunch of different things you could talk about: why heaven or God is so great. And as I was praying about this, the reality hit me that was, the reason why heaven is so great, our God is so great, is give. He gives. I mean, he gives extravagantly. Gives. I mean, you just think about it. Why? it's us to if there's a slide as possible. Uh, She'll get it there. Get caught up. But in Acts chapter twenty, verse thirty-five, when Paul is speaking to the Ephesian elders, and he speaks something that we never see written in the Gospels about something that Jesus had said, and it's something we randomly say but I don't believe we really grasp the fullness of it where Jesus said it is more blessed to give than to receive and the reality is this sort of Craig was talking about the why about it was God himself but the how the reality of how of God is the giving you think about this the greatness of God how great he gives. I mean, how much greater can it give? And like you notice in the next slides in, in John 3.16. For God so loved the world. What? That he gave his only begotten son. Well, so God the Father gives. Well, how about Jesus? And not only this, you see in 1 John 3.16, we know love by this that he laid down or gave his life for us. Or, you know, I don't have the slides for this, but Romans 8.31. If you know, if God's for us, who can be against us? Well, 832 says, if he delivered up his son for us, how much more with him? Will he freely give us all things? He's blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. And so the reality is heaven's de- declaration, it is far greater to give than to receive. And and so the reality is heaven is all about giving. I mean, you cannot embrace heaven and not embrace giving because that's God. He gives. He gives. He gives. And if we embrace heaven, we've got to embrace a heart that what? Gives. And so in fact, the reality is the Lord started showing me, you notice in your handouts, and in fact, you don't, if everybody have a handout, uh, Jesse, will, if you don't have one, Jesse will hand it to you. And so, uh, you know, the, the Lord starts showing me, he said, okay, Rick, heaven is about giving. Well, the world is about taking. See, God is a giver. The world is a taker. Now, I've got to clarify something. The Lord spoke me this. We've got to clarify something in Job chapter, chapter 2 where, you know, this passage of Scripture gets quoted in Job. For the Lord takes, God takes, you know. And, uh, but, you know, you know, we talked about that before. But that past Scripture in Job 1 is, is literally does not say God takes. When you look at every other place that Hebrew word is used in the book of Job, it literally means to receive. Job speaks that. The Lord takes away. But no, it's literally God receives. Like God received bud when he he died. He received him when my mom died. He received when Sandy died for, for Lou. God received. God didn't take bud. God didn't take. God's the giver. He's the giver of life. He's the giver, not of just of life. He's the giver of all things. God gives. The world takes and so the question is for me is in my life and let's go to the next slide is this here you got it right here why is having so so giving well our god is a being of blessing and fruitfulness he's got to realize it's more blessed to give than to receive Why is God such a thing of blessing? Why is God so much of of fruitfulness? Because God does what? He gives. The world is all about taking. And my question that, uh, you know, for my life, I started asking, I'm going, okay, God, am I a taker or a giver? Am I a taker or a giver? Are you a taker or a giver? Is dwelling place a taker or a giver? Am I aligned with the characteristics of this world or am I aligned with the characteristics of heaven? Am I a taker or a giver? Am I a taker or a giver? Okay. Well, there's an invitation for heaven, for you and I to be givers, to align ourselves to be givers. Well, literally, here's the invitation for us, and if notice this. It's this characteristic of fruitfulness. Now, see, here's the interesting thing about God. God wants us to give, but here's the crazy thing about God. He gives so that we can give. And in our giving, we bear fruit. And in our fruit is the seed that enables us to give. See, with God, you never are empty. And that's the crazy thing about it. Now, there are times that you're empty, but there may be, we're we'll going to look here a little later, that I may be giving, but I'm not giving in line with heaven. And we'll talk about that in a few minutes. Because I can give in a mindset to take. In other words, Paul mentions this like in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 5, where he's talking about giving And he said that your giving would not be affected by covetousness. In the Greek word for covetousness, it means to hold more. In other words, I give, so man, if I give to Ben, man, I'm going to what? I'm going to receive. Yeah, I'm going to get more. Well, what is that? That's a taker mentality. But the characteristic of God is giving, and the whole desire is from him, him, from us, is to bear fruit. Because in the bearing fruit, it empowers us to give. And the more you give, the more you bear fruit. And the more you bear fruit, the more is to give. That's crazy. And we'll see what it's about. Look at this. You know, the first one was in Genesis chapter 2. Let's go back one, man. In Genesis chapter 1, verse 20, 28. God said to them, be fruitful. Be fruitful and multiply. Now, multiply has, may have to, do, has to do with children. But I'll be honest with you, the first part is is very important me. God's declaration over us is that, you, that mankind would be what? Fruitful. Notice the next one. In, in creation, it's a very fabric in creation. In Christ Jesus, we have a destiny to be fruitful. Notice this. My Father is glorified by this, that you, guess what? Bear much fruit. Prove to be my disciples. In other words, what proves you and I are from God? In fact, I don't have time, I don't have pass the pass scripture on this, but Jesus would tell the disciples and tell the world, and you read in John chapter like 12 all the way up through John 16, and Jesus, I mean 14, he would say this thing. He'd say, don't believe me on what I say, believe me on account of what I do, because my doing will bear witness that the Father is in me. Huh, so, but the destiny for you and I is that we bear fruit. And notice this in 1516, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you would go and bear fruit. That's why he chose us. Purpose, destiny, well, you and I would bear fruit. But here's the crazy thing is, I want to say, put a commercial in here. We don't have to go, okay, I'm going to go bear fruit. You don't have to go, okay, it's like, okay, bear fruit. In fact, that's where we're going to go to here in a few minutes, is that y'all, when you're you, being you, in Christ Jesus, you know what? You'll bear fruit. But, but, there's a big but there. You being you in Christ Jesus can be cut off. Because here's the question. What releases you to be you in Christ Jesus? And my declaration to you is this. It's got something to do with giving. Because notice the question in your your notes there and on the slide. How do we fulfill our destiny of being fruitful? How do we? How do we? And let's go on here. And I want you to notice this next statement here. Heaven's method of being fruitful. And let's notice in Genesis chapter 8, verse 22, verses. Many of you know these past scriptures, but let us let sink in. And make sure you don't listen to this religiously and don't think. I ask you to listen to this by faith. The word they heard did not profit them because it did not, they did not unite it with faith. So I'm going to say this to you. You can hear what I'm saying. And I want you to challenge what I'm saying, but challenge it with an attitude of faith. Okay, if this is true, Rick, this is applicable for my life. Because God has not called us to mediocrity. God has not called us to live as humans. I love the past scripture in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, where Paul says, are you not walking like mere men? You know, I hear people talking and say, uh, after all, aren't we only human? No. No. I am not living life to live like a human. I'm sorry. I'm living life to live like Jesus. That's what I want. Now, you can be a human if you want to, but I ain't wanting it. I just want Jesus. And so, heaven's method of, of walking in God's fullness. And notice this passage in, in Genesis eight twenty two. Sorry about that, Amanda. You were doing good. It says, while the earth remains, now this is after the fall, but this is also true prior to it. And i can prove it here in a second. While the earth remains, seed time and harvest. Cold and heat, summer and winter, and the day and night shall not cease. First phrase, though, I want to focus on. While the earth remains, seed time and harvest. Now say it with me. Seed time and harvest. Say it again. Seed time and harvest. If you want to experience the fruitfulness of God, you must have, understand the power of seed time and harvest. You know what we want to do many times? We want the harvest. Give me the harvest. But if you're going to have a harvest, you got to have a what? Seed time. time. You got to have a seed time. And notice this in 2 Corinthians 9 10. And then notice what I said a while ago. I made this statement about the seed that God gives us to be able to give. Now, watch this. I'm sorry, this, right before this is in 2 Corinthians 9, 8, which I should have put it up here. It says, where God is able to make all grace abound to you. You know, you're familiar with that always having all sufficiency in every place. And it goes on to say that you may have an abundance for every good deed. You can have an abundance for every good deed. Now, y'all, you've heard me say this before. You know, there's no contradictions in the Word of God. The only time there's contradictions in relationship to the Word of God is that the Word of God will contradict our lives. So when I see that it says I can have an abundance for every good deed okay, i got to take my life, and I've got, I I got a choice here. I can take my life, and I can examine the Word of God, and I go, well, obviously, that must not be true totally right there in the Word of God. That must not be true. So we discount it. Or we can go, wait a minute, that's true, and so what's in my life that's not in line with that truth? I want to present you this, that the Word of God is what? True. And it does not contradict itself. So the question is, is my life coming in line with that? Well, the exciting part is, is that with God, there is therefore now no what? Condemnation. So anytime I see a contradiction like that, I know God's rich in what? Mercy. And I go, and he says, I can make all of grace abound to you. So, okay, Rick, here's a contradiction here. Well, here's some mercy now. Let's get some grace here and let's go to this. So all we got to do is see it and embrace it. Okay, God. All right. So you're able to make all grace abound. And notice this in 9.10, he says, Now he who supplies seed to the sower... And bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing. Now watch that. God gives you seed for food. God gives you seed for sowing. He gives you seed for food and seed for sowing. It's important for you to tell the difference. You remember a couple of weeks ago I preached a word on goals, intentionally living, living life. And remember I told you the scenario, is this what if you had unlimited resources for 30 days, what would you do? What would you do? How would you live life? And you got a choice. Many of you, as soon as you got unlimited resources, maybe like, quote, winning the lottery, and we talked about the, lottery, the curse of the lottery, how people get an influx of resources, and all of a sudden, I showed you one situation, or told you one situation. There were one guy who was a millionaire before he won the lottery, and he won $300 and some million. dollars. Well, the, the, he had the influx of the resources, and then when the resources came in, guess what? He went broke. Not only did he lose the 300 and some million dollars on the lottery, but he lost, he was worth over 17 million dollars before he won the lottery. He lost it. How? I say he forgot what he got him there. The question is, is that you and I, God gives us seed for sowing and seed for food, and the question is we know the difference. If we see an abundance of seed, what we'll do is take the seed and eat it and, cry and say, oh, this is all food. And the reality is, some's for food, some's for sowing. I heard a guy tell him one time, I may have already told you all this, but one time he was in Africa in a real drought-ridden area. And he was headed into that area and he knew that they needed food in that area. And so he... Uh, so he's driving in, and as they're driving in, they pass these trucks loaded with grain, wheat And, uh, and he's thinking, "Oh man, these people are hungry, and, and he knows that when they get this this grain, because you know it's been in this drought and, and it's been in a famine because of it. But he said he got there, he, they passed the trucks, the trucks loaded with grain, and they They got there. Uh, He got there, you know, a good bit of time before the trucks because the trucks were going a lot slower. So he's there and he told them that the trucks were coming in and, and, you know. And he said he was kind of shocked that when the trucks pulled up, he was expecting when the trucks pulled up that the people would just be crowding the trucks, rejoicing and shouting and, you know, saying food has arrived. And he said when the people, when the trucks pulled up, the people were just sort of almost like indifferent. Well we got to unload the trucks. And, uh, and he, he was kind of surprised at the people's reactions. I mean, hey, y'all, this is, this is seed. This is grain for food. And the reality was that the people knew that rain was going to come. But they knew that the grain was not for food. The grain was for what? Seed. They knew the difference. They could have ate that grain and ended up in the next harvest, what? Starving to death? Because the question is, God says, I give you seed for sowing and I give you seed for food. Well, we want to focus on God's heart is for us to be givers and we sow the seed for sowing. Now, there's times that maybe God tells you the seed for sowing is the seed that you have for food, like the widow's mite. It may be. That may be the seed. But that only God and you will know that. And so anyway, so, so the important thing I want you to catch here is God supplies the seed for sowing. God begins the giving. I remember I said the greatest thing about heaven is giving, to give. Well, the cool thing is about God, he expects us to give, but you know the cool thing is, he gives us the giving. Dude, that is so cool to me. It's like somebody coming to me, you know, hey, Rick, I um, want you to start up a company. Here's a great idea. a guaranteed profit, guaranteed Rick, and I'm a first thing, first thing, and I've heard those things before. I have heard those things, and my first question is, how much, you know, is that going to cost me? And some of those have cost me a lot of those deals. And I don't want to tell you, oh, this things have cost me. But it would be crazy for me if somebody says, here's a surefire deal. But I'll tell you what, I'm going to give you the resources to get it going. All of it. Huh? What's the catch? No catch. You just make the profit. And just sow back. Dude, I'm going, that's a deal. That is a deal. I guarantee you this. If I, I came up right now with $100,000, to Ben, i go, here, Ben, here's, here's $100,000. $100, Invest it, bro. Just, just sew back. Just give back. You keep the 90. Just sew back. Would you do it, Ben? That's what God has done with us. I'll give you the seed. Sow it. But you know what? Many times we do. We see the seed of God and we go, man, this is good seed. And we eat the seed. I'll take that seed. And we'll talk a little bit more about that. I want to show you how this works. Notice, and y'all have heard this past scripture before, and remember in Mark 6 when Jesus had five, there was 5,000 men there, a whole bunch more. But he answered them. He said to them, you give them something to eat. You feed them. And I love that because God does that with us. And, I, man, this, y'all, I have to confess. This, you know, sometimes you don't like to preach. I don't like preaching. Because when I preach, or that means you have to study the word. And when you study the word, you know what? It really starts to contradict your life. I mean, you're just going, "Oh man, oh man, Lord." Now, you, now I see how I. Oh yeah, God, I see how I got there. And so God says, "You give them something to eat." And so they said to him, "Shall we go and spend two hundred denarii on the bread and give them something to eat?" You know what? I've done that. Okay, Jesus, I'll go give them something to eat. And so guess what? I'll spend what I got. I'll even go in debt to do it. I've done it in this church more than once. You remember that? You remember the rock? You know where the money came from? I mortgaged my house. Really? mortgaged our house to build that rock $50,000 I heard Jesus say, you feed it I said, okay I'll go get 200 denarii and I'll do it <laughs> so I'm going I can tell you other situations and I'm going, hello <laughs> hello <laughs> so can I stopped The further I go in this, you know, but anyway, keep going here. Shall we go spend 200 denarii on bread and give them something to eat? And he said to them, how many loaves do you have? What do you have? You read the book of John, John chapter 6. They go, you know, here they say, well, we found out. And they said, we have five loaves and two fishes. Well, the problem was it wasn't even theirs. When some little boy came there, he figured out he needed to get something to eat, so he was prepared. Now, this is interesting thought. There's this little boy there going, okay, this is what my mama packed for me, five loaves and two fishes. This is for me. Now, he had to make a choice. Was that seed for sowing or was that seed for food? But I'm sure when all of a sudden he must have been hanging around by the disciples hanging around Jesus, some like some cool kid, I mean, like he was, and he hears this talk, Jesus saying, feed the 5,000, they're going, what, do we spend all this money, do we go in town, do we what? We go, look, at how it's going to take a lot, and there's this little kid going, who knew the heart of Jesus, and said, I've got five loaves and two fishes. I mean, this little kid knew the heart of God. And Jesus goes, give me those five loaves and two fishes. I'll take what you got. I'll take the seed that I have given to you, and I will what? I'll bless it. And there was five, 12 baskets left over. He multiplied it. I, I can't think. Yeah, I can tell you a bunch of mistakes in my life where I heard the 200 denarii. Okay, Jesus, I'll go do it. But I can tell you other times when I'm going, Lord, I don't have it. And he said, what do you have? I'll bless that. I'll bless that. See, the reality is God is looking for the seed to bless. I know y'all have heard this so many times you're probably sick of it. But I'm not going to be sick of this awesome fact that we sit in this building today because of five loaves and two fishes $5 and 20 cents from Josh and Raina Worley when we tried all of our efforts to come up with 200 denarii and we're just at a place of quitting and God says where's the five loaves and two fishes where's the seed that I have given you I'll bless it I'll bless it so anyway So God's heaven is all about giving and heaven is all about us taking the seed that he has given to us and uh, him blessing the seed that he's given to us. Now, I want you to do, if you would, I don't have the PowerPoint for this, but I want you to take your notes and turn them on the other side. And God showed me in Scripture These ten different types of seed which he has given to us to invest. Your physical body. Your body is a living sacrifice unto God. Spiritual sacrifice. You know, the question is, will you use your body to satisfy your needs? Or will you use your body to satisfy whatever it is God's got going on? I mean, the question is, like even like in this past scripture, you know, it's 619, don't you know your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit? And right before that, he's talking about sexual immorality. Because you can take your physical body, which is a seed for the kingdom of God, and you can take it and sort, sort, s- sow, sow it into sin, and it yields back into you sin. That's, your physical body is a seed that God gives You know, one of the other interesting things about your physical body, interesting thing about your physical body, it's a seed of worship, and we'll talk about that in a few minutes here. Like, I mean, why why do you raise your hands? You know what? It's seed. It's seed. And we'll talk about that in a few minutes. Time. Teach us, Psalm 90, verse 12, teach us the number of days that we may present to you a heart of wisdom, you know, um, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 17, 15, 17. We don't have the past scriptures, but it says, you know, do not be foolish, but understand the will of the Lord. You know, he says, redeeming the time for the days are evil. Every moment that you have is a seed that God gives you choice. Are you going to take that seed and invest it in spider solitaire? Or 15 football games? Or do you take that seed? of time and sow it into a relationship. Because sometimes, y'all be honest with you, just time is a massive seed. Time of going up to somebody at a very critical moment in their lives and sitting down next to them and just sowing time into their lives. And you know, interesting thing to me, let me put a little commercial in here. When you don't have Seemingly, have the seed to sow. Sometimes that yields the greatest results. When you don't have it, you give it. I'll never forget uh, Heidi Baker sharing a story. One time, she was headed toward this big, important meeting, and of all these big dogs had come in, and she's supposed to come to this this big apostolic meeting, and she's walking to this meeting, and all of a sudden she noticed this little lady on the side, blind woman sitting on the side over there, or nobody, She a beggar obviously, you know, begging for money, and she just went up to this woman. I mean, she, she was at this place and thinking choice, okay. Uh, I've got to get to this meeting. I'm already running late. But all of a sudden she sees this lady, and it's not like God said harketh. You go with join to her. (laughs) She didn't didn't say that. She saw this little old woman, blind woman, sitting on the side. And so she goes and sits down next to her. And you know what she does? She sows time. She asked the lady what her name was. And she said, I don't have a name. Because I was born blind, they didn't even bother to name me. But she said, well, I'll name you. So Heidi gets her her name. And then Heidi tells her about Jesus. Heidi leads her to Jesus. And then Heidi says, well, this Jesus loves you. Can I pray for you? And so Heidi prays for her and the woman is healed. Can we say that seed of time yield big fruit? What was more important, the big apostolic meeting or that little lady? Let me ask you this, the fruit of that day for her, was it the apostolic meeting that yielded fruit in your life or was it the testimony of what God did in this woman? Your physical body, time, gifts of the spirit. Praise God for people, you know, like the worship team that can sing. Dude, they can sing. Man, love. I won't do that, but I don't have that, but that's okay. You know, but guess what? That's a seed. Do you sow it? You know, I don't have time to go to it. your words, interesting thing to me. Your words are seed. Power, death, and life are in the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. You know, first Peter, you know, first Peter 3. 3.10, let him who loves life and see good days refrain his tongue from speaking evil, speaking guile. Your words are seed that sets in destiny. Matthew chapter 12 says, you're by very course of nature, I mean sorry, James, James 3.4 says this, the very course of nature set on fire by the tongue. Matthew 12 says, by your words you'll be justified, by your words you'll be condemned. It's the seed that determines the destiny of your life. Your words. Confessing the word of God is a seed that God gives us. We've been born again, not incorruptible seed, but, you know, incorruptible seed, The living, abiding word of God. Seed of God. Seed. Get oh, man. Seed. You know this what? This is, dude. I mean, dude, this is going to like. You know what Psalm 1-3 says? Excuse me. Didn't mean to spit on you. <laughs> Psalm 1-3 is a splash zone. This is Shamu up here. And Psalm 1-3, you know, his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. He'll be like a tree firmly planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in a season. And whatever he, she does shall... Do you believe it? If you believe it, then devour it. Doorway. It's a doorway. Word of God. Faith, your faith is a seed. Your faith is a seed. It can prove the result in praise, glory, and honor. Just a faith. You, you hear something God says, maybe sometime the seed that God tells you, he's just going to say a word. He just goes, believe it. Just do it. Believe it. Okay, God. Okay, okay. I mean, if I just go do this, I'll do this. It'll be blessed. Yeah, yeah. Just do it. You know, relationships. Oh, man, relationships. They're a huge seed. Let me ask you a question. What do you do with your relationships? Do I? What do you do with them? How do you sow in the relationships you've got? You know, like my relationship with Mitch and Leah. How do I, how do I sow into that? What, is that? what do I do with that relationship? Do I hear it? am I a taker of this relationship or am I a what? A giver. My relationship with Paula, am I a taker or am I a giver? God says, here's a relationship. What do you do with it? I want to give. That's where God, like after this goals thing that God, I told you, God put in my heart. He said, Rick, be intentional In relationship to your goals, intentional of your love toward Paula. There's two things that God told me in relationship to Paula. Simple goals. Every day, Rick, you be intentional to communicate to her you love her. Be intentional, Rick. So into that relationship. So like one day I just started going around the house and and taking sheets of sticky notes and writing scriptures on them or or words and I hid them in like her her makeup thing, or in cereal boxes, or the coffee box, or whatever. And so for her, for was, it was like a treasure hunt for her, you know? Relationships. I never forget. I'm just going to say, put a commercial in here for parenting. Somebody made a statement to me, says, in fact, be honest with you all, Michelle today, right now, she's riding at, with the Olympic coach in Maine, the Olympic coach told her yesterday, I'll share this with you because this family, they told her that she and the horse she's on are international flavor, they are good enough to be international, they need to go for it, you know, and her dream of being an Olympic rider is like going that way. But somebody said to me one time, says recently, I said, Rick, it's really kind of cool, your kids, you know, both of them are sort of living their dreams, you know, Shay, Just on Monday, Paul and I drove from Richmond to Charlotte and back, six-hour trip, all for his premiere movie. And all in one day. You know, and it's so cool to see him there at a movie theater premiering this short movie that he did. And somebody said to me, Rick, you know, it's really cool, man, to see your kids doing their dreams. And I remember I I was going, yeah, that's really cool, that's really cool. And I started thinking about, why did that happen? How did that happen? And I thought back, I'm going... You know, I, I remember something somebody said to me one time. He says, you got your kids? When you discover the passions of your kids, invest in it. Give. I remember, y'all remember this? That room over there? Shay goes, Dad, I, I just really have a passion to make movies. And I'm thinking, Shay, you need to go in business or something like that. Because you can't make a living. I heard people are starving? In Hollywood. I so like that, and I'm going, dude, guy, but I'm hearing that. Invest in your kid's passion. Invest in your son's passion. Remember, I don't know if you all remember, I, Paul and I go in debt, spent $8,000 <laughs> to buy iMac G5, Final Cut Pro software, the best that the industry had for my son to make movies. Michelle, every house we had moved to, the question we had have is, well, does it have a horse barn? And that was the kids' passions, and I'm—I'm I'm saying that's for everybody. But that hit Paul and I, and we thought we just set our heart—we're going to give in relationship to the passions of our kids. And I, you know, I don't know either. We something's going on with them. And I tell you this, I believe this. Our heavenly Father says, "What's your passion? I'll feed it. Delight yourself in the Lord, and He will what?" That's your father. Finances are a seed. Thanksgiving and praise is a seed of heaven. Give thanks. Give thanks. Give thanks. What does that mean? Give thanks. That's what? Is that telling us? It's a seed. Give praise. You see the passage of scripture there. Give praise. And Why? It, it returns back. You remember the Job 36 passage. You talk, it's in the context of praise. Our praises go up and it distills it like rain. And all of a sudden, he sends it back on the earth. So you come into this service, are you passive in your worship? Are you passive in your praise? Not receiving. Because it's seed. Prayer. Man, prayer. Look at Revelations chapter 5, verse 8, it, it talks about the, the, the bowl of incense in heaven, which is the prayers of the saints. Honestly, believe what well it is. It says it there. They catch the prayers of heaven, holding it for a time to pour it out. So every time you pray, you just go, Lord, that's a seed. That's a seed. I'm sowing it. I'm sowing this seed in heaven. So I'm so in Lord. So these are 10 real resources in Scripture. I invite you to, to every circumstance and every situation you're in, I want to say this, there is a corresponding seed for the need that you're in. The question is, though, y'all, don't get it confused, because sometimes it's more than one, all at the same time. Like sometimes you may be you know, I could get really weird in here like going if you're in debt in here okay we're going to let you sow seed into this ministry yeah this is good this is a good ground but, you know here, give me give me you know you need 100 dollars i mean 1000 10,000 dollars come here and sow 100 dollars you know we can start that but you know sometime the merry root of the poverty may have is laziness <laughs> A little sleep, a little slumber, and poverty will come on you like a vagabond. So you could give all you want. Oh, yeah, I God, I need a hundredfold. Yeah, here it is. And you go, okay, I'm waiting for it. And the reality is God's calling you to walk like a son, and he says, behold, I've given you the power to make wealth. Yeah, that's right, bro. Come on with me. That's right. It is. He's given us the power to make wealth. What's the seed you got? And so, anyway, the thing is with God in heaven, and this is real quick, the Lord wanted to show to me, is be aware of the seed you have. And then real quick, that he told me, go to the, God is looking for a seed to bless. I just want to declare, say it with me. God is looking for a seed to bless. And I want to say this to you. Every one of us have these 10 resources. One of these resources may be the very resource of God in your life that will yield fruit. But my question is, are you a giver or a taker? Are you a giver or a taker? Let me just say this to you. We have to determine in our hearts that where our destiny is we're going to be called givers. Because if we're givers, we will be blessed. And so these are things that God told me. He says... Be careful not to, the verses are right next to here. Be careful not to expect something for nothing. And be careful not to expect something for little. You know, Andrew is back there in the back, and he plays middle linebacker for Tech. I guarantee you this, Tech, uh, Andrew goes, man, I, I want to play football in Tech. Yeah, I'll guarantee you, I, I want to play football in Tech. And he goes, yeah, okay. I'm just really gifted. I said, I'm just going to cruise. I guarantee you this, Andrew's butt's going to be on the bench. (laughs) Andrew ain't in the starting lineup because of what, I guarantee you this for the most part. Andrew's not in the starting lineup because of what he did in the game. He's in the starting lineup for what he did in the weight room and in the practice. I know he looks a lot like me in his build, and you know.
1: What y'all laughing about? Come on, Robbie!
0: Come on, word of respect. It's faith. That's the word of faith. It's my seed, y'all. It's my seed. I heard a brother said, Man, I'm suffering from furniture disease. And I said, What? He said, Yeah, my chest dropped in my drawers. Let's <laughs> <laughs> <just> go on. <laughs> so, anyway, so God's saying, Be careful not to spec something for little, be careful not to give the seed in the wrong place. Casting your pearls before swine. You know, you give seed like, a, you know, a girl, a, a physical body is a relationship. And God's given you this body for a relationship. So all of a sudden, this guy comes along speaking some sweet things to her. And so she takes that seed and sows it in that relationship. So he does what? He takes. Takes from her and he deposits it in her. a, a curable sexually tra- transmitted disease. That's a true story. More than Once. She gave and she sowed it in the wrong place. She took time, resources. How I many guys in the region broke them? Took the more resources you had and invested it in a drug or a, or a substance. Maybe even took the resources of some of your kids. Yeah. And so be careful that you don't sow the seed in the wrong place. Be careful not to give my seed in the wrong manner. You know, praying or giving that you may receive. Be a giver of the seed. Be a giver. Be a giver. Be a gi- something another. 25, 25. Oh, yeah, be a giver. You remember the guy with the parable of talent and a pound? And he hid the, he, he was afraid to sow the seed. You're afraid to pray. You're afraid to worship. Some of y'all are in this, wor- this worship service today. Afraid and fearful. And Robbie and them did worship, and when all of a sudden things got home, and the Lord's going, Worship, praise me, praise me, praise me. It might have been in that place of praise that the fontage of fear would have broke off. Sow the seed, pray it. Before I go on, Mitch said that uh, before, before downstairs praying, Mitch and Ben were praying, and I overheard them, and they're praying. And is praying against, what were you praying against? Disillusionment. You know what disillusionment is? You know what disillusionment calls you to do? Shrink back and not give. You know, it's interesting to me, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness. That's Galatians chapter 5, verse, you know, 22 following. Interesting to me, one chapter later, which there's no chapter divisions in Scripture, no verse divisions. It says, do not be deceived. God is not mocked. Whatever a man sows, he reaps. Sow the spirit, life eternal, to the flesh, corruption. It hit me. What happens? Lord, when I'm, when I'm without, sow the seed. But Lord, what if I don't have seed? Just sow the fruit. Sow the fruit. Because in the fruit, there's the seed. If you have an apple, guess what? In an apple is a what? Seed. Oh. What do I have here? What do you do with it? What do you do with it? Ah. Eat them or what? Sow them. Don't look at, the back. Don't look at a seed and go, oh, that's for food. You saw this package of beans, and automatically you thought, oh, let's eat them. What if this is the only bag of beans we have? We better sow them. I'm just asking you to change your perspective. You've got seed, and I've asked, in fact, I want everybody to get a bean. <laughs> and you got a choice. Are you gonna look at it as food to eat, or are you gonna look at it as seed for sowing? Every seed that you got. And the thing that God spoke to me, and you notice the last note, with heaven. Giving always precedes receiving. Say this with me, please. With heaven, giving always precedes receiving. Say it. You say, well, Rick, how can that be? How about salvation? For by grace are you saved through... I said faith was a seed. Always is represented by giving. Always Jesus received the name which is above every other name. What did he have to do first? He gave. God gives grace to the humble. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you at the proper time. So, so how does this work? And I, you know, God told me to do something and some of y'all I've done this before. And so, what God told me to do, and God told me who, and I didn't know if she was going to be here, but I'm going to ask April if she will play a game with me. No, not a game. I'm sorry. I'm this. Have you ever played? Let's make a deal with me. You ever seen me do it? You've heard about. Would You trust me? Okay. It's. What we're about to do is for real. Go to the next slide, Amanda. Is it up there? Yeah, that's it. I'm sorry, you had it. Matthew, Mark chapter 8. What I'm going to ask is, in Mark chapter 8, it says, He who seeks to save his life shall lose it, but he who loses his life for my sake shall find it. So what I'm asking, April, God, in April, I'm just doing what God told me with April. So You know what I'm about to do? Maybe I don't know if I want to do this. Marguerite. I pick on you. But that guy told me to. I better do you. Come here, please. You trust me. And I give her my word that she will be richer when she sits down as that when she got up. But I want to play. This is not a game. So there's a couple of rules with it, is that what i want to do is we're going to play Let's Make a Deal. I don't know if you all remember the old Let's Make a Deal TV show where let Monty Hall would come back. I had some money at one time. It's here somewhere. Okay. Ha ha. There it is. Money. Okay. So anyway. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to play. Get your purse please. (laughs) So I'm going to I've given her my word, this is not a game, this is for real. And what we can do after the end of this time, we can do with what we want with the resources. Because God does this with us. See, everything that April's got is a resource that she can receive. But what we'll have a tendency to do is, is we'll got to make a choice with the resources of God. Do we keep it or do we lose it? So I told April that I want to do business with her. So, April, I'll give you $3 for that necklace. That's pretty cool, Paula could wear that. Yeah, that's a good one. That's good. That's good. So. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Does that help, Andrew? Am I looking? Yeah. <laughs> oh. That's good. I'll take. I'll give you $2. Okay. Okay. So they, that's good sparkling water. You go over to their house, they give you a good sparkling water. Okay, I'll give you I'll give you five dollars for your watch. Five dollars for what? Trust me. You said you trusted me.
1: I you can get a
2: better
0: now, now here's the biggie. i got $14 left. And I promised you that you would, that you would be richer than when you sat down. When you, when you'd be richer when you sat down than you were when you stood up. I gave you $14 for your wedding ring.
3: $14
0: is a lot of money. No, it means a lot. I'll take care of it. I'm offering you $14 for your wedding ring. I know, I know. Mitch, you got $5? dollars give you $19. No. I'll give you a seed with it. Okay, she don't sell, okay? So she doesn't sell the wedding ring to me for $14. Now, she has sold me her watch and the necklace, right? She has sold me this. And so I told her this is not a game, and I can do with it whatever I want to when I get through. Well, I choose to exercise my authority over these items and give them back to her. Right? So I choose to give them back. So she got richer by how much? $10, but she lost $14 because she I know her heart in it she was <laughs> she didn't want to lightly do this but she could have had $14 so my question is in this how many times are there things in our lives y'all that we go God this is too important I can't give this up And as a result, we lose out. You following me? So I can give you the $14.
3: That's
0: grace. I just want y'all to declare one thing. One word. And the one word... Is what I characterize as the greatness of heaven. Give. Let me say it on three. One, two, three. Yes. Give. And what you do is you take the resources God's given you, and you have a heart to give. Because I'm going to tell you, sometimes, you know, you don't know what it is. Isaac was his son. Isaac was Abraham's son, and he goes, but God. He could go, but God, no. He's too valuable. He's the one who's the seed for, I'm going to have an inheritance, but God. and he gave, But he gave it, and he was blessed. Here's the crazy thing is, our Heavenly Father also went to that spot. So my question is to you, every one of us in this room, what is it? The seed that you have that you have not, you have been either, one, you've been sowing it into your own life, or two is, you've been sowing it into your own life, or you've been burying it, you've been hiding it. What is it? But I'm just telling you, God has called in dwelling place to have a destiny of giving. And I'm not talking about just in relationship to finances, because that's the mistake. We just think giving in the context of finances. You notice that's only one-tenth of the things that God has called us to invest, to give.
3: You got a word? Yeah. Go ahead. So, John 12, um, Jesus says this thing. I guess a couple of the Greeks are coming to, to grab Jesus at this point. or No, no not the Greeks. What? I don't know. But in, anyways, in John 12... Um, Jesus says, The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Truly, truly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. Right? But if it dies, it bears much fruit. And I I remember I had this word, I just wanted to share this quick testimony. When um, Michelle and I were dating, and... Um we both, you know, she was in the internship, and I was newly saved, and I was still a mess. And so I didn't know, you know, I felt like I was going to mess up Michelle by even being in a relationship with her. And so um, the Lord really clearly spoke to us. We, we had kind of been hanging out. We didn't really know where we wanted to take the relationship. And I was going to Japan for a couple weeks for a mission trip. She was going home for the summer back to Florida and, um, you know, traveling around. And, and the Lord spoke, and he said, you know, he said let this die and I was it was heart-wrenching I was like no way like I found this Do you know this girl's amazing God are you kidding me like I've been in a lot of relationships before and I pursued a lot of things but the one amazing relationship that I think I found that I think is from you and you're telling me to lay it down and die like you're kidding me and so but I really wrestled with that and we came to that point of yes that's that's what we needed to do so we we agreed and we said. Alright, we're going to enter into this summer and we're going to completely just close the door on our relationship. We're going to really let this die. Because we're going to, we're going to know, though, that if it's resurrected, it's by the power of God. If it's brought back to life, it's, it's going to be better than what it was that we could have made it. And it will, it will be the Lord doing it, right? And so, thank God, He did. <laughs> yeah. yes, My... Uh... My, I
0: had a friend so Joe's told me about this line named Ken Watson who played middle linebacker for University of Maryland. And Ken was an awesome man of God, and he was walking across campus one day, and he saw this beautiful lady walking across campus, and he got, God says to him, that's your wife. And he goes, oh, yeah. And he walked up to her, and he said, uh, you know, he started to introduce himself to her, and, he, you know, and, you know come, come to find out she doesn't know Jesus and she was nice, and uh, and so, but Ken goes, but Lord, uh, your word says, be, un- une- "Be do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers." So he did what Joe said.
2: He
0: said, "Lord, I drop it. I just walk away from it." So Ken went on, and uh, just kept himself focused on the Lord and dropped, it, forgot about Diana. So one day he was walking across campus about a year later. He said, all of a sudden he's walking across campus and Diana runs up to him. Ken, 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 I got some news for you. And Ken goes, what? And he says, I got saved. He said, You did? <laughs> I see, her, I know exaggeration. He asked her out right then. <laughs> and they got engaged two weeks later. But see, what he was, he walked in faith in relationship to the seed that God gave him respond to the court
4: on Mitch. The only thing, you know, that the Lord really put on my heart was even just that thing with Isaac going up, you know, for Isaac, uh, for Abraham to be able to give of that seed, he had to know his heavenly father. He had to know the one that was asking him what to give his only son up. And if you can remember in that whole story, it was he really went up the mountain. He said, I love this story because he said when he went up the mountain, he says, the boy and I will go up the mountain and sacrifice, and we will return. He spoke those words. If you go look at that, we will return. So he knew God was going to meet him and do something in that place, that if he was willing to, to lay that down, that the Lord was willing to meet him in that place. And he said, hope against hope, these two things, hope against hope, that God, you're either going to resurrect Isaac from the dead or you're going to provide another sacrifice. So he knew going up that he was coming back down with Isaac. And so I think even in that place of giving, we've got to know that the Lord is more than, I mean, he, has, he owns the cattle on a thousand hills. So the reality is that whatever I'm sowing, God's more than able to to meet me in that place. And Because I think sometimes we feel like, man, well, I'm going to be in lack if I give. And sometimes we're in lack because... We have that mentality, that poverty mentality. And so I just want to encourage us, whatever that resource is, asking the Lord for wisdom in that and us go
5: I just felt like just one hindrance of giving too is where I just feel like that there are those of us that have been convinced that we don't have anything to give or that the enemy has devalued who we are. And so we don't even believe that what we give would even be good to anyone or would be helpful. And also just even a conclusion that other people don't even want what we have to give. So, and then also, not even being able to see what God has given us. Like, whether it's just resources in of what's in us or just things that he's put around. We haven't even been able to receive them to be able to give them. And I just felt like, the lord was just really wanting to remove just the, some of those lies. I felt like rejection is a huge hindrance to giving, especially relationally, because we're believing lies and so we shut down, you know, from giving in all areas. So
4: this guy, or Mike's got something.
1: Sorry. Um, I don't want to take too much time, but I think there's another piece of this um, that can be addressed. And that's where people have no trouble giving, but a lot of trouble receiving. And that's what, um, really plants the seed of getting burned out. And, um, it's just as bad as, you know, not being able to or give and just taking all the time is when you think, you know, there's something God wants to give to you, and you don't want to receive it for whatever reason. If you think you're not worthy of it, or you think you'd rather have someone else have it, but God's giving it to you, and you're not taking and you're not receiving that, and so uh, whatever we want to do about that. But I just there's 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 definitely that, you know, giving's not the issue but receiving is.
6: So. You know, I, I appreciate that we have people who understand color. And, uh, Tony loved me in this, and she said, you know, and I think she she came at it from a place of understanding color when I said the word teal, but then she was able to stop and hear what the Lord was saying in from the Natural to the supernatural. Teal can be created by mixing blue, which is revelation, with green, which is life, into a white base of purity. It's deepened as needed with a little bit of black or gray, which are those hard times and places that we face. And I, I think even just what uh, Mike was saying, couple with that, I, I say that over Debbie, I didn't realize your your shirt, or or Deborah, John, Karen, uh, Shaleen, that that walked out, that you you possess that green life mixed with that blue, which is revelation and a place of purity, that, that base. I think that what the Lord wants to speak to you is that those dark places, I called it the hints of black they they deepen the teal as you grow from that and i my prayer is that you would be encouraged is what whatever you're stepping in or stepping through that that the lord's meeting you there <laughs> a place of revelation in life of purity
2: i just i wanted to share briefly a, a quick story when i was very young in ministry, young in my recovery, um, I worked at this place called the Potter's House in Indiantown, Florida. It was a halfway house, and I became the leader there, started running that uh, ministry, and um, just really grew up there, kind of learning how to deal with problems and deal with things, and and uh, and just became very attached to that ministry, you know. It was a, it was a Precious place, it's still there, um, but in that process, I was sitting and I was listening to the Lord. One day, I, I, we had this fruit stand out front. We used to sell fruit and peanuts uh, out of it, and I was sitting there waiting for people to come buy fruit and peanuts. And um, and I was praying, and I heard the Lord say, "I want your Isaac," you know. And uh, I didn't really, you know, I, at first I didn't know what he meant. I said, "What? What do you mean?" He said, "I want your Isaac." I want you to go ahead and give me the give me the Potter's house, you know. And so I did. And then two weeks later, the founder at Dunklin came to me and said, "Listen, I want you to make a choice. Of what, you know, what you want to do? Whether you want to stay here and run this ministry, or you want to come out to Dunklin and be trained, in, uh at Dunk at Dunklin for Regen Ministry." And and I already knew in my heart what I was supposed to do. And I went out and got trained, but I, I believe that was a seed, <laughs> and I believe that as a result of that, Eagle's Nest exists, <laughs> and, uh, and that, it's just, it just shows what, what Rick's sharing, it, it, it's right, and, but, but I want to tell you something else that I learned about giving of that ministry, God cared how I felt about it, <laughs> he also cared how I felt, he cared about the struggle, so he had me give it up before the choice even came. He had me give it up beforehand. So there wasn't even a struggle when it came time to give it up.
4: No. Why don't we stand? I just want to close and maybe we can have some of the um, prayer team up. It would be great. There was a lot of, uh, really a lot of response in this one. <laughs> April's trying to give the money back. Uh, we do that, don't we? Remember, it's that hard time receiving. You got to receive, as well. <laughs> and I think that is a response. Some some of us in here have, have been pretty good givers. We haven't been able to maybe uh, navigate always the whole receiving part and really receiving f- from the Lord. As God, as you give, God God definitely gives uh, in return. Different, sometimes different looking seed, you know, than the seed we sowed. But I just encourage you today, I just also felt like we need to repent for maybe some taker mentality. And and you know, just especially I was thinking even like for me in relationship to my wife, you know, how you know, it started provoking my thought of, gosh, am I am I a giver or am I a taker? And maybe I'm more of a taker than a giver. I mean I think I do both, but I think maybe I'm lopsided on one side and so Lord, I just wanna pray, Lord, over us, God and Lord so many times, in some a message like this, we can there can be a lot of condemnation that tries to come back in because, Lord, some of us, in the, including myself, have been takers, especially in the past, and and Lord, maybe we've been takers of, and we've maybe some family and some things of really close relationships have been um, taken from, and and Lord, I, I sometimes I can bring condemnation in, but God, that it's not your heart, Lord, you want to begin to empower us to be givers, Lord, and and God, you'll redeem the taking. You'll redeem those seasons and and those times that we took. God, I love it because you can redeem those times to get us to a place where we can give way more now than we could ever give back then. Father, I just pray right now in Jesus' name, you begin to, Lord, just take an opportunity. Just, Lord, I just, just for you and you and the Lord, God, and I'll just do it publicly and, and you can do it privately, but Lord, I ask forgiveness for being a taker. I ask forgiveness for taking of relationships more than I'm giving, God, just being a taker even in general, God, just, and Lord, I, I do, I want to be a giver, Lord. I want to be the fullness of what you're about and that is giving, God. And Lord, you were able to receive. You were able to receive love from the Father. You were able to receive well done, good and faithful. Uh, well, That well done, this is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. You were able to receive that and, and, and operate in it. So Lord, empower us to be those receivers as well. Uh, the receiving of your word, receiving of, of your goodness and your mercy and your grace. So Lord, I just pray that, God, and and, Lord, you just break off that taking mentality. And, Lord, I just pray that this body is a body of givers. Lord, I know that that's our destiny. That's who we are. That's that's what we're about, Lord, uh, in in the Spirit. And, God, I just pray anywhere that in the flesh that we've been walking in that, God, we would be uh, in the Spirit. God, empower us to be in the Spirit and in this body and, and to be givers. And so, Lord, we thank you for that. We bless you, and we honor you. And, be, Lord, that this day, even this day forward, God, that we, this body, the, maybe us individually would be known as the givers, God. Not because we're going to make a name for because, but in the secret, God, in those times, God, that we're going to be able to invest that seed, those 10 different uh, arenas of seed that we can sow, God. I pray in Jesus' name, empower us to do, uh, to do exceeding, to do abundant, and Lord, beyond even what we could think or ask. So, Lord, we love you. We thank you. In Jesus' name.